What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, What Are You Made Of? What Are You Made Of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. And subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, the unstoppable Mike C-Rock. I'm in the house with another guy that's just totally unstoppable. I would definitely categorize him as that. He's a chief of, well, you're not the chief of product for Seva Labs anymore. It says uh, here in my bio, I know that's not the case. You're just a, the VP of business development for 10X Incubator. Is that correct, Eric? Yes. Yes, I am. And his name is Eric Nowoslowski. <laughs> the last name is worse than mine, man. We got to get a nickname for you too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pronounce it for me, Eric. Noah Slowski. Noah Slowski. Okay. It's very easy. Well, look, Eric's one of my buddies now. I mean, we've only known each other for a short period of time, but I mean, we're just on a team now that's unstoppable in uh, the 10X incubator and with the new tech product, the new platform that we're putting out, actually launching today, which is Blueprinted, B-L-O-O printed.com. Go check it out. And I'm excited to have Eric on here to find out what he's made of. And by the way, before we get started, though, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you all for, for the support that you've given me and the What Are You Made Of movement, and the Rocket Fuel book, and now Blueprinted, which is just going to take things into the outer space for all of us. So excited about that. So Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh man, of course. I mean, I'm looking forward to this because we didn't really sync this up on purpose. We should have, and we probably shouldn't admit this, but since Blueprinted is launched in phase one today, where we're trying to get the uh, architects in as fast as possible, we're looking for our first hundred. You know, it's pretty cool that we were able to sync this up though. Yeah. Yeah. What, a, what good serendipity. Yeah, we just got off of Instagram Live with Jared Yellen and yourself and, and myself and uh, Uncle G Popeye and, and Jared Glant Popeye. And it was, uh, it was all timing. It was just perfect. Everything's lined up the way it's supposed to be. Exactly. So, so before we get into all that, though, Eric, we, uh, we start the show every time with the same question. And it's written on the wall in case you've forgotten, but it's, what are you made of? Yeah. And I've, I've been thinking about that as I get prepared. I was like, you know what? What is that? And you know, I, I thought long and hard about it. And I want to say enthusiasm. I am definitely fueled by, made by, like diffusing enthusiasm everywhere I go. And it's a lot of people ask me, you know, like, how do you think you've gotten as far as you've gotten so quickly? And I tell them every time that it's, it's you just have to do everything that you do with enthusiasm. Yeah. I mean, I see it. It shines through. It's genuine. It's not something that you force. And, uh, you know, it's phenomenal that, uh, that you use that to your advantage because uh, a lot of your accomplishments that you've accomplished, which we'll get into in a minute here, come from your enthusiasm, no doubt about it. And so take us back for a minute, man, because you're a triplet, right? Yeah. So take us back to growing up. I mean, what was that like? Yeah, it was a crazy household all the time. I would say probably the most memorable thing we would do is my, my parents, they would stuff us into the car and we'd have one of those trailers with all like the bunk beds and everything. And we, every summer, they would stuff us into the car and we would go, we would pick a different place in the United States and we would just drive there and like we would stop along the way. So one time, so we went, so like we, it's so cool because we would remember the vacations by the ending point. So like one time the vacation was Mount Rushmore, but on the way to Mount Rushmore, we saw like Ohio and like all these things. And then we would go up one way and come back the other. So I've been to every state except for Alaska and Hawaii. 
And it's because we drove them, not, not because we like flew to any of them either. And then the, uh, the biggest one we ever did is we drove to San Diego. And that I like to joke with people, but it's not really a joke that uh, that one was so crazy. We had to go to a family therapist afterwards because we were all like just in each other's throats so much after that one. How many, so, how many people total? So yeah, so I'm a triplet and then I have twin little brothers as well. So then both of my <laughs> parents. So it was seven people. So yeah, it's five boys in the family. <laughs> Holy cow. And you, guys, and you drove from New Jersey to San Diego? From New Jersey to San Diego, yeah, and then we'd like go one way in a loop, and then we'd come back through in a different loop, yeah. What, what did your parents do for a living? So my mom was an accountant who then, at one point, the trade-off of daycare costs versus what she was making was was not worth it, so she just turned into a uh, stay-at-home mom. And then my father was a police officer who had enough time in the police force that he retired when I was about five or six, and then he was a, a hand, like a general contractor or a handyman uh, for the rest of the time, yeah. Wow, so he, man. Yeah. So he owned his, his own business. That's how we could get away for like two and a half months. Yeah. But still, like, I think to myself, like, I had two kids and my wife, she probably spends like I have five kids, but, but we have two kids. Now I love her to death. She's great. If anybody <laughs> knows her, she doesn't listen to these anyway. I don't think so. <laughs> but anyway, but you know, I can't imagine like retired police officer probably had a pension or something. And then, and then being a general contractor with seven kids, like, I, I just can't even imagine how that budgeting works and, it just doesn't make sense to me, you know? It makes no sense to me either. Like as far as like financials go, we never really, like in my, my childhood, financials weren't a big thing. But one thing that my mom would, she did when I was a sophomore in high school, she sat us all down and she said, don't think that there's any money for college anywhere. It's not like there's anything in a secret account for you guys or, or anything like that. Whatever you guys do, you're going to have to take out a loan for it or get a scholarship. I'm telling you that right now. So it could shape the rest of your high school year. I let you do whatever you want freshman year. But sophomore year, right in the beginning, she told us like, there, there is nothing and you need to, to make college happen in some other way. And so maybe that was the only financial discussion. And I mean, we had our hardships here and there, but we still had a, a really awesome childhood. So what did you do to get through college? So, oh, great story. So I actually graduating high school, I had three full rides. One to a college in New Jersey, one to American University, and then one to this school in Boston. And I, I loved, to this day, I love Boston. I think it's a phenom- phenomenal city. And I went to that school and it was so crazy. I couldn't make any friends. And I, literally, I've never felt so lost in my life. Like I remember being in college and thinking, wow, high school is so much more fun than college. And as soon as I had that thought, I was like, that's not good. If, if you think that like high school is the best time yeah. in your life, that, that is a, a bad place to be. So the reason I couldn't make friends was because I've never had alcohol before in my life. And so even at that time, even though we were all underage, I would say like, hey, would you guys want to go to the gym or would you guys want to go to the park or like, let's do this, let's do that. And the, people would literally say to me, is there going to be alcohol there? I'm like, no. And they're like, all right, then I'm not going. I was like, oh, okay. And I, I had a difficult time with that. So now what guidance counselors don't tell you is when you transfer, you lose all of the money that you had. So it was like reapplying to these schools and everyone was like, the most we could give you is $5,000. I was like, dang, like I, I had all of that money. What the heck? So then I came back home. I left that school after one semester. Actually, the way I came back home, my mom picked up my stuff and I biked back home just as a challenge from wow. Boston, Boston to New Jersey. Yeah, that was wow. a crazy trip. I'll send you the screenshots of the, the thing. But anyway, so then I was like, all right, I guess I guess I just have to go to community college. And my mom was the one who was really there for me because going to community college, like, it was really a punch in the gut going from like three full rides to community college. But she was like, hey, you know, Eric, there's th- this is the difference. You chose to go. You, didn't, you weren't forced to go. This wasn't your only option. And I said, okay, that's great. Community college turned out to be the biggest blessing 
ever because you pay like $600 for the same courses that everybody else is pay, uh, paying for. And then through the opportunities that the college set up, I actually was accepted to Columbia Business School. But then, I mean, it was like $50,000 a year. I wasn't, I wasn't going to pay that. I knew I was just going to go to Rutgers the entire time. So then while I was in community college, I ran two of my own businesses and then I coached gymnastics. And I just paid for myself to go through community college, saved up the money, knew that I was going to be paying my tuition bills at Rutgers, graduated, with, I graduated from Rutgers Business School, all still within four years, despite all the transferring, and then uh, paid off my student loans three months after graduating. Wow. Yeah. Great. Yeah, that is a great story. And you, and you practiced gymnastics growing up? So what's crazy is I was never a gymnast. <clears throat> my junior and senior year of high school, I was a pole vaulter and I got into the gymnastics workouts to, to get better at pole vaulting. So when I came back, so community college is, is easier than like eighth grade. Like because you got to think about you're in the class with like somebody who's got a kid with them. You're in the class with people who are working 60 hour weeks. Every test I took was open notes, like every single test. So uh, I needed another job. Like I was just doing weird stuff. I was just like going hiking by myself. It was like I had nothing else to do. So I went on Craigslist and I put in any job with like fitness in the title. And I just applied to all of them because I was, I was really into fitness at that point. Started working at a gymnastics gym with this guy, Craig Zappa, who he was probably the first person to teach me that like networking is the most important thing that you could do. And I leveraged his name everywhere we went. Like he would send me to conventions and I'd say, Hey, I'm Eric Noslaski. I work for Craig Zappa. And then just like, boom, instant connection. And then I went from teaching preschoolers to I was the head coach of the boys team when I left. So I actually didn't have gymnastics experience. I just, I just learned that's another rule I have for myself. You're allowed to make mistakes, but you're not allowed to make the same mistakes twice. And that's how I, I accelerated through that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now you uh, went into CrossFit as well, right? And you competed. Yeah. So then after, so during college, I was competing in CrossFit and we would do like weekend events and everything. And uh, we'd be trying to go to the, what used to be called regionals and stuff. And uh, we would win a couple events as teams and, and myself as an individual. Uh, so I was huge, huge into CrossFit. Like maybe the most intense thing I ever did was I squatted 375 in the same day that I did a half Ironman. So that was like the both ends of the fitness spectrum to me. So that was, like, that was one huge achievement in my like a back squat. 375? Yeah, 375 back squat. One time? Uh, well, yeah, one time. That's it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I got video, man. 415, like five times. I got video, That's, man. But dude, I didn't do an Ironman. <laughs> no, hey, but that 415 for five is some legit number yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, can't, I still can't believe it. It doesn't feel like it. The bar was bending. And I'm like, where is this coming from? Yeah. But you know what? That goes to say, like, you know, little bits of hard work consistently over time, amazing things happen. You know, I, I think 415 because I'm thinking not when I do it consistently, but I go in there and try it. But if I, I, during COVID, really focused on how can I build up the 415? And we just hammered it consistent every week. And this, this goes for everything in life, man business, life, and relationships, your finances. It's little drabs, but being open, don't shut yourself off to like a big giant quantum leap as well, because that's yeah. got to be available as well sometimes. Yeah. And, it, you know, if you're close to it, you won't get it. Right. Absolutely. And it's, it's all about, the consistency, right? Like my sophomore year of college, I don't even remember anything about my sophomore year of college. I, I literally every single day work out at, no, go to school at eight to 12, work out from like 1230 to 3.30, 3.45 to nine coach gymnastics. And I did that every single day. And what do you know? Like by the end of the year, I had like 
close to 20 grand in the savings account. I was doing crazy fitness things and like winning competitions. And it was just because every day, that's what it looked like. Yeah. Boring. Consistency. Pack that chicken in, you know, that just like chicken and broccoli for lunch every single day and just same thing every single day. And it, it just adds up. Yeah, man. I mean, I love it. Well, see, when I was your age, see, the alcohol thing got me. And uh, I never drank until I was 18, started, went to college. And I, when they said that they weren't going to go with me because they weren't drinking, I'm like, all right, we'll go get some beer. Let's drink. <laughs> so that's what I did. I made the other decision, but eventually I got out of it. And so, yeah, that's definitely something that I wish I would have started a lot earlier, focused on working out. And, you know, I played football, but working out and, and really watching my diet, man, because now it's a, it's a lifestyle, right? So. I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. All right, so let's get into what you're doing now, man. You made a move recently with the whole, the whole group, the Sealer Labs group to, to 10X. You give us a little background on that. Let's talk about that for a second. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and with the new position that you have as well. Yeah, absolutely. So for the incubator, I was working for the largest chamber of commerce in New Jersey, and I was doing a lot of business brokering and uh, essentially kind of like lobbying as well. And that's where I met Jared. And I always, I like Jared and his energy just vibed with me. And I, the same way, was coming back the same way. And we would just set up calls with each other just to see what was going on and how we could work with each other. And then he started this thing called Sela Labs. And he actually pitched me on being a co-founder of a company with him. And I was like, oh my God, hell yeah, Like, let's do it. Like, that, this sounds like a great company. And then I think we got two weeks into that and he, he, we were starting to work together. And he's like, you know, we're going to need a product manager. Would you be able to do that? And I said, hey man, the only way I could do that is part-time. Like, I, I can't just leave the chamber behind. It's, like, it's too integral to what I'm doing right now. And it's like, all right, so how would six in the morning to eight o'clock work? And then you'll work from like seven to nine at night. I was like, all right, yeah. So I was doing that for a little while, literally like one month. And then he's like, all right, we need you full time. What are you doing? Either I have to hire for your position or you need to join us. I was like, all right, fine, I'll join you. So then I left and we were, so I, I came on as the chief of product and I was managing all of the, the product management between us and our development team in India. And then, it was a connection that you made. We were rocking and rolling, and you had pitched Jared Glant on your your software company that we're making, Blueprinted. And then they said that they wanted to get into tech and everything. And then, long story short, everyone got connected thanks to you. Jared and Jared got together, and Jared Yellen told him, "Hey, you know, you could start with this tech, but we should launch a full incubator together." And so Jared Glant eyes lit up, and he was like, "Yeah, you're absolutely right. Let me tell Grant about it." And so then. He told Grant about it. And he, I think there was some story about like, they said, all right, so we could either meet. So Jared Yellen is from Naples and then they are obviously in Miami. And so then they said, well, you could either drive out here tomorrow, which would be Thursday, or we could take the helicopter to you, but we can't take the helicopter until Monday because the pilot is off or something. And Jared was like, I'll drive. It's fine. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard, I remember that story. And I'm like, Dave, they're going to fly a helicopter there. Shit, yeah, come pick like, me up in Maryland first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. then... So then they got together and, and Grant said, if you had a term sheet in your hand today, we would sign right then and there. And so then there was, I would say I was probably the biggest champion of doing this partnership internally, Pro, like counting, counting out Jared, either, it was either me or Dr. Ben who was like, we need to do this. Like Grant is the right person. I know exactly what he could do for us. This, this partnership would be amazing. And so then that's how it 
got together. And then Jared was like, well, would you be willing to move down to Miami? We're going to need somebody else there. And I'd really want it to be you. And I was like, yeah, I could move. And I was kind of like showboating a little bit. I was, and he's like, how much time would you need? I was like two weeks and I could be down there. And then he gave me a one month notice. He, he was like, hey, do you think you could be down there August 2nd? And I was like, Oof, uh, uh, yeah, I could be down there. Uh, and so I made it happen. I actually got there. I got down here a week before August 2nd. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just like a whirlwind of my, of my life. Uh, but ever since we've been here, like from that first event, so I went with you to the business boot camp, And that was literally like, I dropped off all of my stuff at my house and I just went to the business boot camp. That was like the, the yep, first thing I, I did in Miami. Yeah. We dropped off everything. And then I just remember my first thought being like, so I used to do events all the time. At my old job, we ran 150 events a year. So I like, I know how to work an event. And I was just going around and I was like, oh my God, this community, this community is plug and play. They're like, talking about soon, 10X. Yeah. 10X community. Yeah. As soon, like when I mean plug and play is like, I would be in events and if they didn't know who you are, you had to do a lot of work. You had to figure out a lot of the political challenges and you, you had to like work your way in there. The 10X community, I met a couple of people who like, like they just invited me to their, their after party and I just met them. Like, and I was like, oh, like what? They're, the 10X community is plug and play. As soon as you are a 10Xer, everybody is, is just like, oh, perfect. Uh, so you want to do some work together? How are we going to make all this happen? Yeah. You know? And like, yeah. It, they're just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, it's so like that was my first impression of the 10X community. And, and that's why we're even more excited about the 10X Incubator. And the goal of the 10X Incubator, uh, you want me to tell them or you want to tell them? Yeah, so I'll, I'll tell them. So actually, I was just on a call with somebody yesterday. And so the goal of the 10X Incubator is to launch 10,000 tech companies in 10 years. And I had the first person yesterday give me the middle finger to that, to me saying that. And he was like, he gave the middle finger and he, and he said, I call bullshit. And I, I was just smiling because we, we got a plan. I, I can't say that plan publicly, but, but we have a plan to get to 10,000. But anyway, that's, that's the moonshot. So far, we have about 67. Oh, no. Oof. We, we, before we got down to Miami, we had 60 companies in the incubator at various stages of incubation. And just last week, we had 22 companies signed, not, not term sheets, mm-hmm. 22 ideas with founders ready to go paying their initiation fee just last week. And then this week, I think we're up to like nine or something, but that was the report for Wednesday morning. So that was just Monday and Tuesday. So the acceleration is massive down here. And are, so, you, uh, are you guys announcing them in the sales meeting? Yeah. People get lit up. They're like, okay. you started like a whole new company. I'm like, we started a whole new company. We launched one. And you know, like, they're like, well, this is crazy. So, uh, and so our goal with this 10,000 though, our goal is to take the people who have expertise in their field and they're, they're landlocked. They can't do anything else. They, they're like, there's no way to scale their business other than hiring more people and taking over the business around them. Well, what tech allows you to do is you, if you have an expertise in something, you could build a tech product that can massively affect far more people. And now you could also affect more, more change in businesses, change for a consumer's life, but also change for your bank account too. The revenue possibilities for a tech company is so much higher than a landlocked geographic company. One, two, the valuations are just absolutely nuts. Clubhouse didn't make a single dollar. And just because of all the attention around it, they got valued at over a billion dollars. Tech valuations are just nuts. And so what we're doing is taking that person who has no path to start a tech company. And we've created this linear process that starts with four calls. And then you go on this three to four month journey with us afterwards of starting it and building and scaling a tech company. And so that's where all the excitement lies. Just today, I kicked off three more companies and they're all like, 
as soon as I tell them the process, their mind is blown. They're like, you've really figured this out. I'm like, oh, hell yeah, we figured this out. And we're just getting started. And we're, so, and we're just getting started. So, and so listeners, listen, you got to get on Clubhouse. You got to follow us. You got to join our community to 10X Incubator Club. We're meeting every Sunday evening, Wednesday evening, and we may even add some more, but we're going to be talking about the, the companies that we're launching. We're going to be talking about, there's going to pitch room where you can pitch. We have a prep room for that, that call as well. But you know, look, you got to be a part of this community to be, you know, just see what it's all about. And then finally, Blueprinted, uh, as we wrap this down, Blueprinted is the product platform that we're launching right now. It's uh, my first tech company and it's called Blueprinted with B-L-O-O printed. If you can go to blueprinted.com, check it out. We're looking for our first hundred architects. And maybe when this comes out, we may already have that filled. But if not, if you just put a forward slash VIP after Blueprinted, you can go there and check that out. We'd love to have you. If you're a coach, trainer, consultant, expert, you've achieved some success in something. Um, and you can document that success by reverse engineering it. You put it in our system, make impact, make money. That's what it's all about. Eric, speak to Blueprinted on your, on your end. Yeah. So Blueprinted was one of the first companies that I kind of walked into and I could get my hands dirty with. And immediately when I heard the idea, I was like, this is what I've been waiting for. If you see my Audible account, there's, I've had that Audible account for three years and I think there's like 350 books in there and because I, I just ripped through them. I listen to them double speed and while I'm working out and I just rip through books. And I always think to myself, all right, if I learn three things from a book, that's a win, right? But so many times there would be these massive amount of knowledge and they'd say, all right, this is how you're going to do something. Step one, step two, step three, step four. And I was like, if I weren't able, like what I'd have to do to take value from this is I would have to go back. I'm going to have to write all this stuff down. I'm going to have to put it into a task management system. Then there's descriptions and how-tos that have to go with everything. It'd be impossible to do this. So as soon as I heard about Blueprinted, I was like, oh my God, this is the solution. This is, this is the solution to any course that's, you know, even if the course is even just two hours of content, they still need a Blueprint because now people will be able to buy this task management system mixed with a course that now they have step-by-step guidance along with the explanation, whatever story you want to keep in, the video, the image, the audio. They're going to have that all in a streamlined process that they'll be able to know, all right, it's day one, this is what I do. It's day three, this is what I do. And you can even customize it. So if it's a 60, if it's a 60 day journey and you, t- and you tell us, hey, like, hey, I can only work on this three days a week, fine. The 60 days is just gonna move out further, but day one is gonna be your Tuesday. And then if you say the next time you can work on it is Friday, then day two is Friday. So it also works with anybody's schedule. And so that's what I'm most excited about is because I'm obsessed with constantly learning. But now this is learning mixed with action. And, and there's nothing on the marketplace that's doing that right now. Yeah. So uh, go get in that, in that, check that out, guys. We were so excited to get this. This is the first product that's being launched out of the 10X Incubator. And we have to, you know, this obviously being the first one, we got we to gotta be the role models. And so that's exactly. the best part about it. And I'm always loving that because when I wake up in the morning, man, you know me, I want to be a role model. Whose hero can I be today? And that's the way we're approaching this. So we're unstoppable. We're taking 100% responsibility to make sure there's transformation in the coach's clients' uh, lives. And that's what you know, we're really focused on. So as we wind down here, I know we only have a few more minutes, Eric. I want to ask you the question, you know, as far as the rocket fuel law goes, by taking everything that comes your way that could stop you or slow you down, you store it in your tank instead of your trunk where it weighs you down, and you use it as fuel, convert it to rocket fuel to become unstoppable. I added one other thing. Phase two is once you become, there's a line of demarcation that you go past at some point where your engine gets developed so good that you can't use that old fuel anymore. It's too toxic. It's low octane. You need a higher octane fuel. And that higher octane fuel is the 10,000 tech companies in 10 years, something like that, a dream, a goal, 
something that's pulling you forward. It's so clean and powerful. That's where we are now. And uh, I just wanted to hear what that has meant to you in your life. And you know, look, dude, I know you're, I know Grant says, don't tell me age, 25 years old, dude, and you've accomplished what you've accomplished and the type of person that you are already, man, I'm really impressed and proud of you, but I'd love to hear your take on that law. Yeah, I really appreciate that, man. And so my take on that is, what I learned from that is that bad things are going to happen and you just got to know that bad things are going to happen. But think about how many times something bad has happened and in the moment you're like, oh my gosh, this is, this is like the worst thing ever. But because of that fall or that mistake, it led you to your next greatest success. Right, like what I was what I was actually supposed to do was I was supposed to like I I was trying to be a lobbyist that was going to be moving down to Washington D.C. and I failed. I like I I couldn't make the political connections to actually make that happen. It's not about meritocracy there. It's it's completely political, and I failed and I couldn't do it. But if I had done that, I wouldn't have met Jared. I wouldn't be on this this journey, which is far bigger than anything I could have done in D.C. And so you know that that is some of my rocket fuel is that knowing that the failures have still put me into these places. And you know we just got to keep going. And, and every time there's a failure, you got to handle it. You got to take extreme ownership. I'm huge on extreme ownership. But you know, after you've taken extreme ownership, you just have to remember that it's just putting more fuel in, in your tank. Love it, man. Great words. It's great to find out what you're made of. Thanks for being here. And I look forward to going really, really far with this, on this journey with you, man. And uh, I'm excited. Every day I wake up, it's a new thing, man. And Let's make it happen, all right? Yeah, thanks for having me. You guys have been listening to the What Are You Made Of podcast with your boy, the unstoppable Mike Seavock. Thanks. Keep coming back. Keep supporting. And also go to blueprinted.com. That's B-L-O-O printed.com forward slash VIP if you want to be one of the first 100 architects. If you just want some information on the app, you can go there too and check it out. You can always reach out to me and keep coming back. Until next time, be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikecrock.com, themikecrock with no K.com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C. Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, mikecrock.com forward slash book. That's Mike croc.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.